0: So, hello everybody, welcome to the podcast, Clueless Doctor. And as always, this is a roast, Sankalba Chakma. And I'm back with another episode. I, I, I sort of promised to, 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 to keep on making more episodes for this podcast. So, I am trying to honor that promise. So, in today's episode, I will be talking about Edisonian's disease. Now it is only a disease. um, um, This is a disease in which the body does not produce enough cortisol levels. Okay, and then then, then there's a there is usually a problem with the with the ACTH levels. The the ACTH levels lead to the you know production of cortisol from the from the adrenal glands. So before I go into you know into the symptoms and 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 diagnosis and treatment i should probably talk a bit about about cortisol what it does so cortisol is a hormone produced by the um produced by the adrenal glands of the body the The adrenal glands are are a pair of glands located just above the um just just above the two kidneys so they're not (coughs) So, so 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 they're not so they're not very so so they're not very uh, they're not very big the adrenal glands quite small you know probably pea sized maybe and um, however and, and they are divided into two areas the outer cortex and the inner medulla and the outer cortex is once again divided divided into, into three layers zona glomerulosa zona fasciculata and zona reticularis quite confusing names yeah i understand so cortisol is produced from the middle portion of the um, f- f- of the adrenal cortex that is the zona fasciculata and cortisol um, is a steroid hormone and steroids and steroid hormones they, they 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 can actually pass through the directly through the lipid bilayer of the cell so um you know cortisol cortisol actually <coughs> you know um it, it has a it has a widespread effect on the body it it, it really really um, it really really leads to respo- leads to responses in 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 various different kinds of cells now so now some now usually now broadly those responses can be can be sort of like summarized um, first of all cortisol you know it it, it reduces inflammation because um Inflammation is is a response of our body to to infections or or any sort of trauma, so you know if, if the inflammation goes on un- unabated, then it would cause problems to the body so cortisol is a natural sort of like a, <coughs> sort, of, sort of like a natural regulation of the body that it, it, it prevents the inflammation from from becoming too you know from from becoming too too chaotic all right. So that that's one that's one thing that it does in fact um you know artificial steroid hormones like cortisol like methylprednisolone and, and hydrocortisone they, they 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 are used as anti-inflammatory drugs the difference between cortisol and them is that cortisol is naturally produced and that is produced in the labs and then given to um patients and and the other thing that cortisol does is um um damn am i forgetting okay so uh, it also leads to um it also leads to it also leads to like um uh, it has an effect on sodium and potassium excretion and retention of the body and when cortisol cortisol leads to retention of so- oh damn it i'm forgetting it oh damn i've i've got to look this up but I think I think cortisol, you know, leads to the excretion of potassium and um, retention of sodium. If, if I'm not mistaken, it it might be the it might be the other way around. So yes, I I might have messed that up a bit. All right. So 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 maybe in the next episode I'm going to um, I'm going to clarify that. I'm sorry. I'm too lazy to, to to re-record. So I mean, this is this is going to be it. All right. So so also cortisol it, it it actually you know too much of too much of cortisol will actually you know lead to osteoporosis it will erode the uh, it will erode the bones so not not good so that's what cortisol does and and cortisol is produced by the adrenal uh, adrenal gland in response to another hormone is it a hormone i think it's a hormone acth ACTH is produced by the anterior pituitary, um, which is which is a which is a part of the brain, um, in, in, in the in the posterior side of the brain specifically. All right, posterior means back in in, in, in medical terminology, and um, and and ACTH is is once again is is in turn produced by uh, in stimulation to another hormone called corticotrophin released by the um hypothalamus so this is a this is a you know circuit the hy- hypothalamus secretes corticotrophin, corticotrophin stimulates the anterior pituitary to secret, ACTH and ACTH then goes to the adrenal glands above the kidney and then it acts so this is how this, this is a cycle now in some instances this cycle can be hampered so, so, so that's about the background of cortisol and how, how it is produced and the various and the various effects of you know cortisol. So in so in, so in Edison's disease, cortisol levels go down. Now there are two kinds of Edison's disease: primary and secondary. Primary is rare. I mean, this happens when when, when probably you know you know there's a there's a tumor. Say sometimes you know there can there can be metastasis from from other um, from, from other you know from from other areas from from other cancers of the body to the adrenal gland, and um, uh, and also the, there might be adrenal hemorrhage. There's another factor, and sometimes I suppose it, it, it can also be autoimmune. But I think for most for for, for, for most of the part, primary Edison, Edison's disease is quite rare, and it is idiopathic, which means that we don't know why it happens. So it, so it can it, it can actually present quite um. Quite dangerously, and 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 the patient may, um, and the patient suffers bad symptoms suddenly. So you know, symptoms of you know Addison's disease are are pretty much same for primary as well as secondary symptoms. Will include like you know low blood pressure, postural hypotension, then um, then um, weakness, fatigue, and and sometimes abdominal pain. You know, severe abdominal pain. So those are the symptoms. And, and and also sometimes um primary edison's disease can can happen you know in in relation to in, in relation to tuberculosis so that's another thing to keep in mind and um, the treatment of course is to actually um, is to actually deal with the deal with the underlying the underlying cause and and i suppose the treatment is, is, is and i suppose the 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 management um, the, the management um, managing primary edison's disease is not that different from managing secondary edison's disease which i will be talking about later so moving on to secondary edison's disease now this this usually happens you know when 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 a patient who has been taking steroids you know artificial steroids like methylpernisolone and, and hydrocortisone for a long time suddenly stops taking those drugs okay so the so the body of the so, so the body of the patient uh, has has gotten used to you know receiving steroids from, from the outside. So it, it has stopped producing HCTS, it, it has it, it has stopped producing cortisol on its own. So when so, so when the patient suddenly withdraws from the drug, or, or maybe that there, there might be a condition like infection, trauma, or cancer in which the body in, in, in which the body needs more of you know steroid hormones or cortisol. In that situation, the the body you know the, the body ca- cannot produce enough steroid hormones to, to you know to, to keep the body in a in a normal state. So in that situation, an an, an, an disease can happen. So the symptoms I've, I've said you know they are pretty much the same. Um, uh, and they, they, they might actually also they might also actually be skin changes. Usually it is hyperpigmentation or even sometimes hypopigmentation. And, and they can even look like vitiligo, yeah. So so what are the, you know, tests that we can do for diagnosing secondary Edison's disease? Well, we, we have to do the, you know, usual regular tests, you know, from blood count, LFTs and urea and electrolytes and all of it. Well, what, what are we, you know, supposed to find? We, we, we might find that there might be an, an imbalance in sodium and potassium be, <clears throat> because, um. Um, because cortisol leads to, you know, cortisol leads to excretion of, you know, potassium and retention of, um, and, um, and and retention of sodium. So, in so, it, so in so in disease, when there where there is less cortisol, sodium levels will go down and potassium levels will go up, uh, which which is called hyperkalemia. And hyperkalemia can actually be quite dangerous. So it's something that we should look out for. Then you know calcium levels will also, they, they might. I suppose they might, they might increase. All right, and um, and urea levels can also increase. So those are the, those are some of the um, findings that we could find. And there are, however, there are more specific tests for 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 diagnosing edisonian disease. And that is the we can do the cortisol test, which is you know we 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 give we give we give a drug called stasanecten that's 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 the commercial name the the the, the generic name of the drug I've, I've forgotten so we we give that drug to the patient and and we measure the co- and we measure the cortisol levels before giving the drug and after giving the drug so if we find that the you know cortisol, cortisol levels that they, they are more than i suppose um, 300 nano nanogram per per liter then we can rule out Addisonian disease we can also do another test that is we, we can we can test we, test for the ECTH levels in the body at 9 a.m. because you know ECTH and cortisol levels they actually follow the circadian rhythm so they their their levels change with well with with the different parts of the day okay so so we do a 9 a.m. ECTH test and depending on that we can we can be more sure if it is actually Edison's disease so those are some of the tests that we can do and we can also do some antibody tests because in some cases um it can be it can be due to an autoimmune condition so we we, we we might be looking for the antibodies okay so we could also do that now coming to treatment what do we do treatment i mean since since the body is facing a lack of steroid hormones so we have to give artif- artificial steroids hormones okay like hydrocortisone or f- or, or even fluidrocortisone. Now we try to give um, we, the, the, the dosing of the drugs, both the drugs, hydrocortisone and fluidrocortisone, and these have these, these have to be sort of like titrated based on the patient. Sometimes the patient will need more, sometimes a bit less. However, when we give hydrocortisone, um, we, we we try to mimic the mimic the you know, we we, we, we try to mimic the. Um, circadian rhythm okay like um we 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 try to mimic this circadian rhythm like we we give more in the more in the morning and uh, like suppose if it is a 15 milligram hydrocortisone dose in the day then we give 10 milligram in the in the morning and then 5 milligram in the day we try to avoid giving in the night because it it can cause insomnia steroid hydrocortisone and on, too, I think we give it in, in, in a similar fashion. So those are, those are the things that we do. And, of course, we try to look for the underlying condition, okay? Now, sometimes, you know, the disease, you know, is, is not that severe. It's kind of mild. But sometimes, you know, there, there might be a crisis, which can be potentially fatal, which we call Edisonian's crisis. And, and here, all the symptoms will be, will, will be very much, you know, very, very, you know, you know full-blown. The, the the person um, might might even go to coma and he he will be, be totally weak and he will pre- and he or she sorry he or she, or she will present with you know with, with a very painful abdomen picture you know possibly so it's a it's a very sort of like a like like an alarming situation so in, in that so in an so in an Edison's crisis we, we have to give you know much more steroids than we have to you know we, we have to treat The patient much more vigorously we have to we have to we have to give intravenous fluids we have to give um we also we we also might have to might have to deal with the hyperkalemia we giving calcium gluconate and um insulin salbutamol so so we have to deal with the patient in a much more you know in a much more serious way so yeah so i think in a nutshell that that's all about edison's disease and um the, the thing that would, the thing you know the thing to take from this is that you know when, when patients are are on are on long term steroid use they should never have a withdraw their drugs you know suddenly um, and, and also if they're having infections or, or trauma uh, and and things like malignancy then that's when the body's cortisol demands increase so the doctors they, they have to give more steroids as such Edison, Edison's disease secondary and and also the crisis, Edisonian's crisis, can be, you know, can be sort of prevented, so if we, if we keep those precautions in mind, so that's it for this episode, and I hope you took something out from it, I, 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 I have tried to be more professional this time, like, I, I think I read more, and I, and I also try to memorize, you know, the stuff, which I don't usually do, but, Yeah, so I think that's it for this episode, and I I hope you liked it. You took something from it, and thanks for listening, and I'll catch you next time. Bye-bye.